Super Talk Mississippi media production. Have you heard all the rave about the new Quick Grill located inside the Be Quick Chevron on Veterans Boulevard? Come visit Be Quick Chevron along with Quick Grill, Be Quick Food Marts, your locally owned hometown convenience store, wherever you are. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Good morning and welcome to Coast View, the show that celebrates every single day the people who are making coastal Mississippi, and really Mississippi for that matter, a really special place to live, work, and play. I hope you enjoyed yesterday's show. I had a lot of fun bringing it to you, conversation with uh, principals, the family members behind FEB Brewery here in coastal Mississippi are distributing. They're the largest uh, beer company distributor here in coastal Mississippi. And Frank uh, Bertuzzi, an old friend, and his two sons, Rylan and Jeff, I just really enjoyed telling the story of four generations and the kind of dogged determination it takes to be able to to you know stand the test of time. It doesn't come, as I, as I pointed out yesterday, it just doesn't get handed to you on a silver platter. There's a lot of work that has to be done from generation to generation because times change and you know the the business has changed i don't care what kind of business you're in we'll we'll see a little bit about that here in just a second for a matter of fact hey before we go any further i just want to share with you um lee bond who is the ceo for singing river health system so they have multiple locations the primary or the main sort of the mothership being singing river hospital over in Pascagoula. Um, he sends out a, a, a letter that kind of gives you the latest COVID stats. And uh, and it's pretty startling, to be quite honest with you. And, you know, my, I will urge you to just continue to do your homework if you haven't had the vaccination. And um, hope you, hopefully you, you go, you'll come to the conclusion that being vaccinated is probably the best approach. But here's some, some startling numbers that you should pay attention to if you have not been vaccinated. Uh, 95% of hospitalizations are unvaccinated. 99% at, at Singer River Hospital. Uh, 61, the current number of hospitalized in our facilities. 16 in critical care in the ICU. Several on ventilators. A few weeks ago, there were only eight admitted. Only eight. Now there are 61. The average age a year ago was 67. The average age today... 49, 49 years old. That's the average age. Uh, 15%. That's the number of ICU beds open in the entire state presently. The hospital hospitals along the coast are close to zero ICU beds available. Zero. Per the state uh, of Mississippi database, there has not been a single verified death in Mississippi caused by a COVID vaccine. There may be one eventually uh, 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 today there are none, none confirmed. Okay, 25 times. How much more likely an unvaccinated person is to be hospitalized with COVID than a vaccinated person? Anyway, very startling statistics. That's not national stuff. That's what's happening right here in coastal Mississippi. Please pay attention to it. It is very real. Hey, listen, the last couple of days I've been sharing something. I saw this ad for an app that's about self-growth, and it had this 20-day challenge. The first day was um, the 80-20 rule, 
or the 80-20 principle of the Pareto effect. I talked about that yesterday. The second day is The Power of Habit. Now, that's actually a book that's been written called The Power of Habit by a guy by the name of Charles Dewing. Duhigg, I think, actually is the way he pronounces his name. There's been another book called um, Atomic Habits by James Clear. There are so many others. I think the one that most of us remember is The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. Uh, there's there's so much there. He actually said this. And this is Stephen, a quote from Stephen Covey. Our character is basically a composite of our habits because they are consistent, often unconscious patterns. Uh, they constantly, daily express our character. It's very true. Think about it. Um, let's see. Um, Sean Covey said this, depending on what they are, our habits will either make us or break us. We become what we repeatedly do. Uh, Jim Rohn, an, another motivational speaker, said this. Motivation is what gets you started. Habit is what keeps you going. Uh, Warren Buffett, the, you know, the, the, man, the famed uh, uh, money manager, one of the richest men in the world, said this. Chains of habit are too light to be felt until... They are too heavy to be broken. <laughs> That's a really good one, actually, that how habits, once they become sort of who we are, it's really kind of hard to break a bad habit, so to speak. You know, if you look at, dive into the American Journal of Psychology, in 1903, they actually defined a habit this way. From the standpoint of psych psychology, a more or less fixed way of thinking, willing, or feeling acquired through previous repetition of mental experience. You know, just repetition, you know, doing something over and over again, whether it's positive or negative, it can become a habit. And here's it really kind of a startling statistic. In 2002, there was a daily experience study done by a habit researcher and her team. Her name is Wendy Wood. And what they found is that approximately 43% of daily behaviors are performed out of habit. 43%. Think about that. That's a pretty, pretty substantial number. Um, Lewis Howell said this, I have learned that champions aren't just born, champions can be made when they embrace and commit to life-changing positive habits. And of course, how can you close out a discussion about habit and not quote someone like Vince Lombardi, the, you know, the famous coach? Um, he said this, winning is a habit. Unfortunately, so is losing. <laughs> you know, I think about my career and, and I think about how Stephen Covey through his book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People and many others throughout my career really, really impacted me by teaching me how to focus on creating positive habits. They, they would teach me as a result of that, learning to set the right kind of goals. And then I learned throughout the process that once you pursue them with dogged determination and you keep that re repetition going, that you can, you can sort of create a new version of, your, of yourself, the best version of yourself that, that I talk about here on the show a lot. Um, habits are something to really think about. So hopefully this gives you something to think about. Think about it and reflect on your own habits throughout the day. How many of those do you see as positive? How many of those do you see as negative? And uh, kind of set the course for, for setting you know, more positive uh, uh, habits in your life. I think you'll find that, that, that it really works. Most successful people 
will tell you what I just told you, and it really works. Um, so now what we're going to do, we're going to shift gears, and we're going to have a conversation today for the rest of the show with someone who really knows a lot about creating positive habits. It's Wendy Sweatman, the Chief Operating Officer for Sweatman Security Company Incorporated, a company, he manages the daily operations of more than 400 people, and what he does in the community is really incredible. You're going to learn that here in just a second, but Wendy, how are you doing, buddy? Hey, good morning. Doing great. It's good to see you, man. It's really good to see you. Oh, man, what so, an honor to be here with you today. Well, you heard me mention the uh, FEB distributing. They've mm -hmm. been four generations, and now you have Rylan and Jeff and their cousin kind of taking it from here. Right. It's amazing what they've been able to do. But you're you're a business that people that's been around for a long time, and now it's in the third generation. Tell me about your family members and how they've been involved in the business. Well, it's, I think it's a great American story. You know, uh, two people in the early 70s, my mom and dad, uh, it started out uh, doing overnights on a water tower off of Coon Street. Now, water tower is still down there in Biloxi right now. And uh, that turned in, you know, from one guard, one hour uh, to today where we've grown uh, for almost 50 years, 48 years we've been in business. So this is a no overnight success. This is a lot of hard work, you know, a lot of ups and downs, uh, some risk, you know, without a little gamble, a little risk, you know, the reward. And uh, but at the end of the day, it's a great story about a family that's really worked hard, developed and invested in the team members we have here at Sweatman's. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're just been blessed blessed and the community's been really good to us. So uh, let's say your dad's and your mom's still involved in the business. Oh, yeah. You have kids that are involved. you got cousins. Yep. Tell me about the family members who are involved in the business. Well, uh, <clears throat> I remember years ago when we were uh, bidding on the Coliseum and they were talking about the, having enough people to manage a big show. And I said, look, I got enough cousins and friends in this community. And that's just the truth. You know, mom and dad started the company in the 70s. Uh, my mom really took the company to the next level. My dad, as, as well, is known, entered politics and other avenues that he explored. And my mom's been the driving force uh, with Sweatman Security. The next generation comes along uh, with myself. And I grew up in this company. The first 10 years of our business was out of our kitchen. I mean, the, the guards would come and payroll was done on the kitchen counter. Uh, and I remember watching, you know, that big machine that they used to put the checks in, they'd stamp it, you know, and, and watching that done. And, and all the, the guards that came in, they were all family. You know, they were characters. And, you know, I grew up around them. And my whole life, even though I had a public service career, has always been in the business. Now today, you know, where we have about 400 full-time employees that get a check every two weeks here at Sweatman's. And then as we, we'll talk about, as we get into the event side of the business, and that's been really my fingerprints on the on the company. Uh, the next generation, my sons, Winfield and John Christian, uh, you know, my nephews, uh, Jackson and Judson, and just the whole, you know, my nieces, Lily. I mean, they've all been on the front lines with us at events and concerts, working with us. And and it's, uh, man, it just has my heart so good. Mom and dad are still right there behind the scenes. And uh, it's just, it's just uh, everybody's pulling the load. It's really amazing. You know, of course, in my dealings at the Sun-Herald back in the day, we worked closely with your mother. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, she's probably... She's probably one of the unsung entrepreneurial heroes in the, in the state of Mississippi, man. You think about what she built and how passionate she was. We'll come back and tell a little bit more about her story on the other side of this and continue to talk about how 
Swepman Security has become this diversified company because of so many challenges, whether it be you know the 9/11 and what it what it forced on you guys, or or, or making sure banks are safe, or any number of other opportunities that have that have come to you guys to expand your business. We'll talk about all those aspects before this is over. We'll see you after this break, and we'll continue the conversation with Wendy Swepman. View on Super Talk 103.1 is brought to you by J. Allen Toyota on I 10 exit 38 Gulfport. See all the incredible inventory at allentoyota.com. And remember, when you think Toyota, think J. Allen Toyota. His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We're having a conversation with Wendy Swetman. What an incredible story the Swetman security story is. But, you know, it's, it's so interesting. We were talking about your mom when we went to break. Your mother is Cindy Payne Swetman, the Payne family. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. another family that's synonymous with law enforcement. So you have you have the Payne family and you have the Sweatman family, and they yeah. came together with your mother and father coming together. Yeah, your Gupport mother, and Biloxi. It, yeah, <laughs> Gupport and Biloxi, right? I, I, right? Hey, man, I was raised in Gupport, married a, a, a Biloxi girl. I know so well what you're saying. Thank God we don't have that big wall between no. the two uh, cities like we used to. That Chavez said used to you get to DeBees Road and. And for those of us in the community, we'd say, oh, you know, there's that big 30-foot wall. And then if you're on the Gulfport side, you know, there's that big 30-foot wall. Uh, it's not as much there as it used to be. But it is, it is, it is, it is interesting to see these Gulfport and Biloxi families come together. But your mother, I described her off the air as a force to be reckoned with as an entrepreneur. She was really an amazingly doggedly determined person to form this company, wasn't she? Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, and, and a lot of great successes, there's those partnerships. So my dad really was at business development side, right? The networking, the social, and but mom was at force that was organized, driven, you know, that really put it all together. Uh, together, they made a great team starting the company. But, you know, there's a lot of businesses that start and don't sustain. And the key to Sweatman's sustainability over the last 48 years is no doubt uh, my mom. Uh, you know, she is just, she graduated college in two and a half years with her four-year degree. She has a degree in corrections is what her degree was in. And uh, and she is just uh, one of those people that doesn't take no for an answer. She gets up early, goes to bed late, and uh, just works hard. Yeah. You know, it's a, I talked a little about this with Frank Bertusi, and, and I've, I've mentioned it before, but the companies that were able to to be passed from generation to generation, uh, a great book was written about that uh, called Built the Last, that they were able to kind of embody into the company really sustaining core values. Now, those those are the things that kind of kept the company healthy, but it wasn't, it wasn't, it, these are not normally the, the things that, uh, you know, they don't, they don't, it's, it's not that you're just doing the things you always did. It, mm-hmm. it builds into the company a willingness to learn and make adjustments and be strategically focused. And what you have seen since you came into the business then what your mother's helped sort of manage along the way has been, man, just incredible change in the security business over the last oh, yeah. 20 years. Unbelievable, isn't it? 
Oh, absolutely. We certainly, you know, with the times and as the coast has grown, you know, being here on the Mississippi Gulf Coast in the early 70s and starting there, you know, we all saw a huge explosion with the casinos when they came on board. And, you know, Sweatman's uh, provided security pre-construction and, and during construction security on every single casino project on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Uh, we were part of every single project. Today, we're still partners with most of our casino properties, uh, providing services on non-gaming areas, so parking garages, parking lots, special events, ballrooms, things like that. Uh, you'll see Sweatman's on those same campuses on many coast casinos right now still partnering uh, in that it's uh it's really incredible you have offices now in biloxi jackson oxford mobile yes. you're involved in stadiums and you know huge crowds and events and right. court system and county i mean good lord i mean did you ever imagine that you would have so many divisions of your company no, there's no way. Uh, Mom and dad built the company as an industrial company. And then we started to branch out in the courts as there's a demand there for screening, you know, coming in and out of the courthouses. And certainly as we saw trends across America where violent crime was up and, and gun related incidents were up. And so it, it just heightened the threshold of security. So now you see us in multiple school districts across uh, South Mississippi uh, with officers that are in elementary, middle, and high schools every single day on those campuses. You see us in your local municipal, county, and state courthouses uh, here in South Mississippi with, with officers, uniformed officers, like the uniform I have on today I, uh, that are there. We take pride uh, in our appearance uh, to prevent a professional product. And as we tell all of our team members that are here is that that's our name on that patch. It's not anonymous. You know, that's the Sweatman name. You're part of the Sweatman family. And that's really kind of the secret sauce is everybody that comes in here, we treat them like family and, and we make sure they know this is a family business. And, and we take a lot of pride in that. It is amazing uh, to see what you guys have been able to do. And I agree when you when you think about that that appearance, there's a very unique sweatman feel when you see someone in your uniform, because um, you're law enforcement, man. You're, you're part of the law enforcement community. You're protecting people. You're making sure that things are safe. September the 11th was a turning point in your business, wasn't it? Oh, absolutely. Uh, September the 11th, you know, air, let's talk about air travel in uh, that. And we we had uh, had a long-standing relationship with our local Gulfport Biloxi Regional Airport uh, and working with them. And that changed for them. They now at the airport where it used to be Sweatman Security, now it's Gulfport PD. Uh, and they heightened, you know, everything there dealing with the airport. But that also had to deal with screening and everywhere else that we just talked about. Uh, and that added security personnel uh, to that. So if you think about, you know, I, I see all these different areas. Um, is there one area of, you said you started sort of in the industrial side, but mm -hmm. where do you, where are the most number of employees, um, you know, allocated these days well, on a day-to-day -day basis? Is industrial. That's your ports, yeah. power companies, hospitals, um, and uh, that's the, the largest nucleus of employees there. Uh, at one time, you know, on the Gulf Coast, we had officers working uh, in Chevron, DuPont. DuPont, Mississippi Power, all these locations. Now that's changed a little bit over the years because corporate structures have changed and some of these big national companies have gone to what's called global purchasing. So they, they'll choose one company to do everything from the Brazilian pipeline to Pascagoula, Mississippi, uh, kind of a deal. 
kind of the key to our success is that this is our region. We stay in our lane in that sense. So I want to do a great job. And our motto is dependability is the difference. So yeah. that if I don't just come in and sell you the service, you know, I, I talk about when, when the defecation hits the ventilation, uh, I'm the guy you want on the phone and you want to see me. And so the individuals that we serve, they get that service uh, here, uh, our large industrial contractors. It's actually interesting to think about it because I don't care whether you're in the media business or the beer business or the radio business. Mm -hmm. There is a there is a tendency for scale to be the big thing. In other words, uh, you have a, a major conglomerate that comes in and buys up all these little small guys. I bet you've been tantalized along the way with the opportunity, at least the opportunity to sell out, and you've yes. not done it. So no. Tell me about that. Tell me about a, that commitment to staying the family-owned business. Yeah, great question about that. So there's not many Sweatman Securities left in the world. They've all been bought up. Uh, one of our largest private competitors like us was in New Orleans, uh, and they recently sold out. They were a third-generation uh, company. They sold out to a big national chain. There wasn't a succession plan for them. I talked to the owner over there, and uh, you know she had inherited it from her family and didn't have anybody in her family to take it over. That's something we're really proud of right now. The third generation, they're here. They got a uniform on. They're learning about the business. Um, you know, I, I'm really, I, I have a lot of nieces and nephews and I tell them all, I'm like, you know, this opportunity is yours. You work hard enough, you know, here's this opportunity for you. We take so much pride in being here in South Mississippi and working and partnering. And uh, we're not just here um, as, you know, I guess taking money and working. You can go back and look, we give back in all kind of avenues along the Gulf Coast, and we're very proud of that. So if you look at what we do for Salvation Army every year, there's the Sweatman Family Kettle. And, you know, we're out there uh, for sunup to sundown, ringing the bell. We make a personal commitment, and then a lot of our partners in the community come and make donations. Uh, Boys and Girls Club. The Boys and Girls Club over in North Bay, uh, that was a club that I founded. Uh, it was a grassroots uh, campaign we started uh, with Boys and Girls Club. My good friend, Ms. Sue Reed, was the director back then, and what a phenomenal woman she is, and we worked together. Uh, our homeless uh, dedication, you look at the shelter that uh, we started about 10 years ago, my son's myself, my wife, all of our family have worked in the shelter. We manage it. We keep it going every year. It's open probably about 15, 16 days out of the year uh, when the temperatures drop down uh, below 40. Um, none of that's taxpayer dollars involved in that. We just make a commitment to make it happen. So, Yeah, I want to spend – actually, I want to spend some time on the next segment uh, talking a lot more about where this drive – to contribute to the community, where does it come from? We, we, I'm not asking you that now. I want to spend more time in the okay. next segment talking about that. But when you, if you, if you think about, you know, someone said to me one time, if you want to, if you want to get something done, find a busy person and ask them to do it. And you know, that's actually there's there's a lot of truth to that, really. If you think about what you guys are involved with on a daily basis just in terms of the of the security business and then you have a leasing business over here that has like some 200 uh, units right. involved you're, you're busy you're busy people and you still find the time not just to volunteer your time but to actually create 
incredible efforts that help the community where you're just committed year after year after year of doing that. We'll, we'll explore that. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with uh, Wendy Swetman of Swetman Security, and we'll talk more about community work and why that's so important. We'll see you after this break. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. And now, it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota, Gulf Coast Business Supply, and AGJ Systems and Networks on Supertalk 103.1 FM. Welcome back to Coast View. I have Wendy Swetman with us. You know him. You'll know the name. The name's been in politics for a couple of generations. Wendy is the chief operating officer for Swetman Security, and uh, you know he's involved tremendously in the community. But you heard what I said about habits at the beginning of the show, Wendy, and that, that last one from Vince Lombardi, where he said, "Winning is a habit." Unfortunately, so is losing. <laughs> to develop a winning habit, I mean, to really focus on goal setting and staying organized, and and I mentioned the eighty twenty rule, where too often eighty percent of our energy is on twenty percent of the outcomes, when it should be the other way around, where we're really twenty percent of our of our effort can lead to eighty percent of the outcome if we're doing the right things. Right. And uh, you know about that, don't you? Yeah. I, first of all, I think it starts with just having a, a positive attitude. Uh, I get up yeah. every day. My wife says it annoys her, but <laughs> I get up every day just fat and jolly, right? And I tell people that's kind of how a sweatman's roll. Uh, and I come into my office and on purpose uh, every day with a good attitude, no matter what's happening around us, a good attitude. Because my mom used to always say, son, no matter what, they can't eat you. Is what you'd say, <laughs> and you know you're going to make it, and and that's where it starts, Ricky. That's what it's uh, the key to the success. And I tell everybody that comes in here to work with us is the first thing we we do is we look for nice people because I can't train yeah. that. You either are or you aren't, and everything else we do we can train you to do, but you yeah. got to be nice and, and and work hard. That's the key, and and so you know you asked about public service and and volunteerism and every bit of that. Well. I come from a service family. It's in our DNA. And I've watched every member of my family, my mom, my dad, my aunts and uncles on both sides of the family uh, continue to give back. And so naturally gravitated to that. And, uh, you know, and I ask the good Lord every day, I, 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 just give me an opportunity to serve in some capacity. And, uh, you know, and, and, there, and there's more ways than you can count to serve. They're there. there. There really are. I often talk about the thousand points of light that President Bush used to talk about. You have the, you have the non-government organizations, you know, the, the, the nonprofits, and you have governmental organizations and all these people, you know, working really hard to meet certain needs. But then you have these volunteer groups and just volunteers in general that come in and fill the gaps and find their, their areas. It takes that. It takes that in a community like coastal Mississippi. And I talk about this all the time on the show that resiliencies, resiliency is at the at the core of the DNA for coastal Mississippians, the ability to bounce back, our ability to, to reach across political lines and racial lines and take care of our neighbors in the, in times of when times are tough, like after a hurricane, for example. And Governor Phil Bryan and I talked about that earlier this week that we you mentioned nice. 
But, you know, nice too often is kind of a missing quality. I think I think what's happened in this day of social media that we've become a little bit willing to say things to people that we would not say to them if we had to look at them in the face. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, we can, I, I, I sort of covet the days when we could have political disagreements, we could have policy disagreements and still love each other. And, uh, you know, Phil, Phil really supports that that school of thought. And uh, it's good to have people like you in the community who believe that that's such an important part of, uh, of, of what it means to be successful in business, what it means to be successful in, sure. uh, in the community. And it makes a difference, doesn't it? Absolutely. You know, I, I've been in government, been in the private public sector, been in politics. And you want to talk about you better have thick skin if you want to get into politics. And, uh, you know, we all have to live here and you've got to be able to set aside uh, a lot of those, you know, egos and and just hurt feelings and just, you know, put it in the context that it's in and move forward. Uh, And, you know, I love living here in Biloxi. I love living here on the Gulf Coast. You know, I I mentioned on the break, you know, Ricky and we're neighbors along the beautiful back bay. What a what a blessing, right, to live on the back bay of Biloxi. It's gorgeous. I pinch myself every morning when I get up. You know, I grew up a couple blocks from the bay, and I remember going down there, my little Zebco rod, and you know, catching those hardhead catfish behind the processing plants. You know, you 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 about broke that old rod back there doing it. You know, uh, I, I just love living here. I love the people, and life's too short. You know, it's just way too short to be angry. Uh, well, you, but here's the other thing: it's way too short not to give back. You know, That's not right. to. You set a great example. John Harrison and I had a long conversation about this. I think maybe the first week I had this show where we talked about why it's important for people to give back to the community. And one of the things that he pointed out, which I I totally agree with, and this has been a theme over and over again over the past year and a half, that someone doesn't just suddenly go and be the president of the Gulf Coast Business Council or the United Way or whatever the organization might be, the Boys and Girls Club or whatever. Um, they have to work their way up. I mean, they have to go, as he points out, they have to go flex those muscles. And, right. you know, the way the way to get started, you got to go just volunteer. Go go get involved in an organization. Learn about it. Maybe go get involved in another organization cause so you can see different ways that they do things. And begin to understand from the ground up what it takes to lead a, a, either yes. a volunteer organization or a nonprofit or an effort that's focused on, in your case, this effort that you guys did to make sure that homeless people have a place to stay when it gets cold outside. Right. I mean, but you know, you're not, what's interesting is you started kind of as a young guy, just, just spending time learning the lay of the land, so to speak, giving your time and energy. And as you sort of flex those muscles, you went from, you know, just being a volunteer to leading these organizations to the point where you actually were forming organizations. What is the thing that got you going right at the very beginning? I'll tell you, Ricky. Just, yeah. I, in high school, uh, in high yeah. school, uh, when I was about maybe 15, I joined a youth board for the March of Dimes. And Miss Bonnie Edwards uh, was running the March of Dimes uh, back in those days. And God bless uh, her. I know her so well. Yeah. And that was my first time to really get introduced to kids from all across the Gulf Coast from different high schools uh, and get to know them. And these are young leaders that are doing great things in our community today that I got to know, you know, when I'm 15, 16 years old. But I, I, I was able to really get motivated and, and I want to I want to see a change. That's a part of me is I can't just sit back and watch, you know, uh, and I want to be I want to I lead from the front. 
And it started right then. I ended up uh, being the chairman of the youth board for the state of Mississippi. And that was some of my first speaking engagements was at the state convention for March of Dimes. And I remember there was a guy named Nick Calico and he was in charge of Pepsi over Mississippi. And I was in Jackson at St. Dominic's uh, because, you know, certainly uh, the March of Dimes and their mission uh, there uh, and with with low birth weight babies. And so we're there and, and I was able to give a speech and. And it just set the tone. Uh, when I was 18 years old and graduated high school, I went to work for the city of Gulfport and I worked for the police department. And my job was literally to change tires and unlock car doors and push motorists out of the road and direct traffic at major car wrecks and things like that. And that started forming me because I was on the front lines in the community. And I went to JD to Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College at the Harris County campus and uh, did the two plus two program with USM at Long Beach. And the whole time I was working at the police department and seeing our community, the best of the community and the worst of the community and was able to really see the need, see those people that uh, God, God bless them. They're good people and they need help. And uh and, you know, my uncle George Payne was a police chief at the time, and we did a program. Then he started it with a group of other great guys uh, there in the community where we were delivering meals. Uh, and we started cooking out of the kitchen at the police department. And I was there as a young kid watching that. And I was out delivering meals at Thanksgiving and Christmas. Uh, and it just it forms who you are. You see the difference that it makes in people when you knock on their door, Ricky, on Christmas morning and they don't have anything there. And you're bringing them the only meal in fellowship just to some just to see somebody. Ricky, that yeah. that touches you at your core. It really does. It, it does. And that's, you know, if you think about it, Mississippi, we, I talk about this all the time on the show that, you know, there are always going to be exceptions to the rule. But people who come from other places to come, they, they come to Mississippi, they what they did, what they experience is so different than what they mm -hmm. what they thought before they got here. Oh, yeah. it's so different. We're, we're a welcoming place. We we care about each other. Again, there are always going to be exceptions to the rule, That's but right. there are less exceptions to the rule in Mississippi than you, your average state. And you know, we're one of the we're like we're in the top three in most giving states. Year after year after year after year, we don't we don't get the credit we deserve as it relates to that. But but boy, when you as a young person have the opportunity to see with your own eyes and it gets in your soul and you understand that you can make a difference. I mean, yes. one one person can make a gigantic difference. Can I mean, I learned this I learned this throughout my career, but it's so true, isn't it, Wendy? Well, it's that saying that maybe one person can't change the world, but you can uh, mean the world to one person. Oh, uh, wow. It's perfect. Yeah. You know, and and I've seen it. I really have seen it. You've seen that you're not just when you go out there and you're delivering those meals, you're not just giving them nourishment for their their body. It's nourishment for their soul. And, yeah. you know, I'm from a family that, man, that's that's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm I'm just so blessed to see what it does today the the current law enforcement community the sheriff is continues and the police chiefs to continue that program I'm proud though of my family because I know where it started uh, uh, and uh, Mr. Dave Vincent was right there and Mr. Uh, Jimmy Johnson and you know uh, just um, just great guys looking around doing all that uh, so many so many stories so and man I was a paramedic back in the early days so I got to know Wayne and 
George and all these guys back in the day. And, man, they've always been super committed to the community. It's incredible. Hey, look, when we come back, we're going to continue the conversation with Wendy Swetman. It's a, it's really incredible what what he and his family have done for this community. But we're gonna we're gonna dive into a couple of those efforts to kind of w- wind up the uh, the final segment of Coast View today. We'll see you after this break. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast one hundred three point one. Welcome back to Kosu. If you want something done, find a busy person and ask them to do it. Busy people know that you got to be organized. People, busy people know you got to be goal oriented. You have to be able to juggle a bunch of things at one time. Sweatman Security, Sweatman Luxury Limousine, Sweatman Properties, all the volunteer work that you guys are doing. When do you actually take time off? I'm curious. Well, Sundays are important in our house, uh, and a lot of the things we do, it's great. They're closed on Sundays, no concerts, football games, of courts. And, you know, my wife, uh, John L., she is the rock in our house, and church is important uh, on, on Sunday morning uh, for us. And, uh, and so that's what we do. And family is really, really important. So birthday parties and, you know, just picnics or shrimp bowls, you know, uh, we do a lot of that. Uh, but Sundays is that day. Well, that, that's a, kind of the same for us as well. Um, you know, behind every great man, I don't know if I'm a great man, but let me just tell you this. <laughs> I wouldn't have reached a success in my life had it not been for Ann. You yes. know, marrying a, into the Bahanovich clan was one of the smartest things I ever did. And Janelle has to be a saint to support you through so many incredible efforts. And she's involved as well. I mean, so oh, yeah. it's a family affair, isn't it? Yes. Oh, yeah. She's been patient for sure. I mean, through, a, a you know, a 26 years in public service, right? Law enforcement and then, you know, on the board of supervisors and and then through, a you know, a mayoral campaign. I mean, all these kind of things, you know, it gets stressful. And, uh, and a lot of times our spouses, they internalize it more than we do. Uh, yeah. And, and so, uh, yeah, I, I'm lucky. 23 years, John L. and I, you know, have been married, and we got two beautiful boys. And you know, it's just uh, I'm just really blessed. Hey, Wendy, I see. You know, you talk about your your political career, board of supervisors, running for mayor of mm-hmm. Biloxi. Um, you know, I'm really struck by you always ran positive campaigns. That was always important to you. Oh, absolutely. It will be interesting to watch you going forward because I bet your political life is far from over. I, I see that your name will reemerge again. Is this something you still contemplate? You know what? Uh, inside, in my heart, absolutely. But, you know, there's a time and a season for everything, Ricky. And right now, this time and this season is committed to the our family business. Uh, you know, I have a 12-year-old at home uh, right now. And, you know, when my oldest son, Winfield, he's uh, he's pre-med up at Ole Miss right now, getting started his junior year. There's not a picture when he was a kid that I wasn't in uniform, whether it was Christmas, Thanksgiving, Halloween. I was working. Uh, and... With John Christian, it's been a little different. You know, I'm able to be there for a lot of other things that with Winfield, I, I couldn't. And and I value that more. Certainly, we get older, we get wiser. You know, we understand time is more valuable. Um, and so right now, there are no political aspirations except to continue to work in my community. And what's been important to me 
since leaving politics uh, and why I've stayed so involved and it's on the front lines is were those naysayers, those doubters, you know, the guys checking cheap shots at you. That never was about uh, being the supervisor, being the mayor. It was about leading and doing a difference, having a difference in your community. And I tell people, you don't have to sit on that public platform to do it. There are many yeah. opportunities to lead in your community and continue to improve quality of life. And so that's why I stay so committed to Salvation Army, Boys and Girls Club, our homeless coalitions, even in our housing department. Uh, we work hand to hand uh, with the housing coalition, making sure that we're taking people that are homeless, that are in need, uh, and I don't I, I really that's an important word in need um, because they need help in placing them in housing. And we work on that every day in our office, uh, helping do that yeah. as well. So and every that's, that's really important. That's really important. What <clears throat> someone once said to me that if someone gets elected to office and they view getting elected as a promotion in life, no. look out. It's not good. Mm -mm. And what what I what I like about what you have done, both at the board of supervisors and your willingness to at least put your name in the hat for for the the mayor of Biloxi, is that it certainly wasn't going to be a promotion in life. It was going to be an opportunity to be able to contribute back to the community. And I look, you know, we've we're kind of lucky. That sort of describes Billy Hughes and Fofo Gillage and the mayor of Pascagoula yeah. and you know Kenny Holloway coming in at Ocean Springs. You know, all if you if you if you see what's at the core for all these guys, it's a it's a commitment to want to make a difference in the community. And, uh, you know, they don't get paid enough to do that job. There's I mean, no it's, it's a tough job, isn't you it? You know, I told somebody the other day, uh, Mr. Gillage, and, and I consider him a friend. Heck, we sat next to each other at lunch at Biloxi Businessman's last Thursday. Yeah. And, as a matter of yeah. fact, it's funny. On one side of me was Billy Hughes. He was a speaker. On the other side of me was Mayor Gillage. But I told him, I said, how much does Mayor Gillage love his city? That he he did it twice. He ran for mayor twice. Put his family through that yeah. twice. You don't see that a lot, and that just shows how much he loved the city and how much you know yeah. passion inside of him. You know he wants to do, and the city's on a good path right now. And I'm just proud to be a citizen and contribute where I can. You know uh, along that uh, that line. Well, Wendy, we're coming at, we're coming to the end of our time together, but it's been a terrific opportunity to tell your story, your family story, third generations now in the business, your commitment to the community. Uh, I'll give you the chance to have 30 seconds, final word. Well, in that, uh, I want to point it out that I have seven first cousins that became police officers here in South Mississippi. I'm a fifth generation police officer. I still serve today uh, and volunteer at the Ivory PD as the major in charge of the reserves. Our family's committed here in South Mississippi uh, in public service. And that service might be in business. It might be on the civic side of it. It could be in our church. Uh, but we're just proud to be Mississippians. We're proud to be from the Gulf Coast. And uh, we get up every day thankful that the good Lord's given it to us as a gift. It's called the present because it's a gift every day. We yeah. live in the present. Well, you're living by example, my friend. And uh, I appreciate the inspiration. It's been a terrific visit. Have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Thank you, Ricky. Appreciate you. Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.